You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What is up, Houdet Nation? It is Chris Rizzolka from the Straight Up Saints Podcast presented by Boot Crew Media here with an emergency edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast, and that's because the Saints made a huge signing on this Monday morning, signing DB Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger coming to New Orleans. It seems like a long time coming for a lot of us, and it's a move that, frankly, the writing's been on the wall the last couple of days um, between Nick kind of dropping hints with his articles on New Orleans football and the Saints not really going full heavy on safety in the draft. It kind of felt like this was coming, and it's finally here. Now, the full details of the contract aren't out yet, but I'd imagine everyone is pretty pumped about this deal. And throughout the course of this live stream that I'm going to do, I'll pull up your comments. So if you guys want to talk about the secondary, want to talk about the Saints roster, throw them in, and we'll definitely talk about that because I do think this is an awfully exciting signing for the Saints. I think it's one that really helps in terms of trying to project what this roster could be because there was a hole at safety, and now it feels like that's kind of been shored up. And I do believe this is the type of move that will allow Dennis Allen to get super creative with how he calls the defense this upcoming season. I'll talk about that as well. Before I do, as always, guys, we are presented by DraftKings. And with UFC 274 coming up this weekend, I want to remind people that new customers for DraftKings can bet $5 on any fighter to win and win $150 in free bets if they do. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code BOOT, all caps, and throw down $5 on any UFC 274 fighter to win. And if they do, you get $150 in free bets. Once again, that is code BOOT for UFC 274 this Saturday with DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of UFC. Now, jumping back in to this Tyron Matthew move, it, I you know I tweeted about it before, and I still feel this way. It's one of those moves where, as it doesn't matter if you're a fan of the Saints, it doesn't matter if you're a fan of the uh, you know LSU, and if you're a fan of both, obviously you're just ecstatic today. It's one of those moves that you don't really know if it's ever going to come to fruition, right? You kind of think about it, you maybe see some Photoshop pictures of Tyron Matthew in the Saints jersey, and you wonder, man, how cool would it be if that happens? Well. It finally does happen. And I think this, you know, there's a, several reasons why I do think this move makes all the sense in the world. I'll kind of list it off. But the first one is the Saints needed secondary. Like, don't get me wrong. I'll get to the Tyron Matthew coming back home part because that is such a huge factor. But the Saints need another safety. You can't lose Marcus Williams, only bring in Marcus May and Daniel Sorensen and think that everything's going to be solved because that's not really how it works. But you bring in Tyron Matthew now, you can move him around. You have Marcus May, you can move him around. Both safeties have played at both spots. I think that's very important because Dennis Allen will be able to get a feel out during training camp over the course of this summer and think, okay, where are they going to be best utilized in my defense? And then he can go from there. The second spot, and this is also important, the Saints needed leadership. The Saints lost Teron Armstead. The Saints did lose Marcus Williams. The Saints lost Malcolm Jenkins to retirement. They needed another veteran to come in, and the minute he comes into that locker room, guess what? He's commanding everyone's respect, and I do think Tyron Matthews is absolutely that type of player. He's going to walk in day one, and I think every single player in that locker room is going to be like, dude, it's a honey badger. He's got my respect, and there's no issue there, and I think that's a plus. And then the third factor is kind of what we've all been talking about. It's Tyron Matthew coming back home. It's Tyron Matthew being able to help out, whether it's jersey sales or getting people more hyped up for the games, and that is a big factor. I think that's another, I would say, keep a player that you're going to promote on game day. And, and that might not mean a lot for some people, but I bet for, for others it will. So there's so many factors as to why I love this move. And I'll just pull up some of your comments. Obviously you guys are, are pretty damn pumped, rightfully so. And I think this is the type of move that for people who were worried about, you know, what could the defense be because they did lose Marcus Williams and 
they might lose Quan Alexander and Malcolm Jenkins retired. You got to feel good about where this defense is at. Over the last just week alone, they've added Alante Taylor, they've added DeMarco Jackson, they've added Jordan Jackson, and now they've added Tyron Matthews. So you bring in a vet who you kind of know what you're going to get out of him, and then you bring in some intriguing young pieces who maybe you can mold into maybe a player that could end up being a really solid um, you know, contributor in your system. So overall, man, you look at this secondary, you got Tyron Matthew, you have Marcus May, you have P.J. Williams, you have um, Marshawn Lattimore, you have Paulson Adebo, you have C.J. Garner-Johnson, and now you have Alante Taylor since you drafted him. There are so many chess pieces here that Dennis Allen can use, and I think that's going to make it all the more fun when the Saints play teams like Tampa Bay um, or even, you know, if they play a, a, a very good team in the NFC later on down the road if they make the playoffs. I think that makes it very intriguing because we're seeing around the NFL teams are just stacking up on wide receivers, right? And that's part of the reason that we're also asking for the Saints to get wide receivers on a constant basis. The Saints getting a stacked you know, secondary to kind of combat that, I don't think that's a bad answer. I think when this league's loading up on wide receivers, you're going to need someone to stop them. And I think the Saints have a pretty good group right now. So I'm very excited about this move. I'm not really worried about what the contract might come out to. Um, you know, obviously, whether it's Nick saying it, whether it's Adam Schefter, it doesn't seem like the deal's going to happen, um, you know, in terms of being finalized until a day or two. But what, regardless of what the value is, the Saints had cap space. There's no better use of that cap space than to bring in Tyre Matthew, in my honest opinion. So I, I am very excited about that. Um, and I see some of you guys are wanting to keep that momentum going. You're, you're like, Tyron Matthew's not enough. I want to bring in Jarvis Landry. And I don't blame you. And I, and I will say this real quick on the Jarvis Landry front, and then I'll kind of open it up to reading these comments and, and giving my thoughts here. I think that the, the Jarvis Landry thing's interesting. The Saints should obviously check in, see what the price is. Does it work? My gut feeling is he ends up going back to the Cleveland Browns. I could be entirely wrong. I would love to see him in the New Orleans Saints. I think he could contribute to this team right away. Even if they don't get him, though, Odell Beckham's still out there. Julio Jones is still out there. Emmanuel Stan Sanders is still out there. Cole Beasley's still out there. Like, there are receivers that if the Saints can't get Jarvis Landry, let's say he's out of their price range, but they want to add another playmaker to that receiving core, I don't think it, it hurts to go pursue any of the other four guys that I mentioned. And they're still free agents, so I do think it's possible. Thoughts on Olave and Trevor Penning. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm mixing this all together. When I when I tweeted, I was going to talk about Tyron Matthews signing, and I still will, obviously. But the Saints roster as a whole, just on paper over the last four days, has gotten significantly better because they've improved at wide receiver. They've tried to shore up holes at safety, shore up holes at offensive tackle. But to answer your question, I really do love the, the Chris Olave move. I thought the Saints did a good job of being aggressive to get their guy while also also filling in their biggest need at wide receiver. So I really can't complain about that draft pick. And I think Chris Olave is one of those type of players where maybe not to the magnitude of Justin Jefferson, but that type of guy that they come in week one and they're going to, they're going to produce, they're going to make an impact as soon as they hit the field. So I personally loved that sign, uh, that draft pick. I think the Trevor Penning one, it, it's a little bit twofold in the sense that I get the vision and the potential's there, but it might take some time to work him up. So I, I, I do love the uh, both picks. I, I think that the Saints were able to fill probably their two biggest needs going into the draft. And think about this real quick on this draft before I go back to, to opening up to more comments. Everyone had Olave and Trevor Penning mocked to the Saints. It's very rare for the players that we all mocked to the Saints to actually end up on the Saints. So I, I kind of see that as a win in, in the sense because the Saints were trying to upgrade the roster to win right now, and those are two moves that if they are going to win right now, they'll probably play a big factor 
Why? Going back to the secondary, um, you guys talking about not only being fun, but being very lethal. Absolutely true. You look at this Saints secondary, you got now a hard hitter slash thumper in Marcus May. You bring in Alante Taylor, who is super versatile. He can go downhill, but he could also play on the outside as a corner and be an athletic you know, asset there. Tyron Matthew, we know Tyron Matthew is a chippy dude in all the right ways. He is going to bring another edge to this defense that already has probably the best trash talker in the NFL uh, in the NFL in CD Deuce. So I love the way this secondary is constructed. I see some of you guys talking about Smoke Monday, whether or not he can make the team and, and whether that would leave Daniel Sorensen cut. Real quick on Sorensen, I love this Dan, uh, this uh, this Tyron Matthew because you kind of feel like you know Sorensen's going to move to that special teams role. And when the Saints signed him, that was something I said. I was like, if you're going to play him at safety, he's probably going to get exposed. But if you're going to keep him there and he's going to play special teams, all right, maybe. And then you could play him close to the line of scrimmage occasionally. So I don't know who's going to end up making the roster between the two of those, but that does feel like a very good, I would say, battle. Smoke Monday, Daniel Sorensen, because I'd imagine whoever wins that camp battle between the two of them, you're probably playing a lot on special teams primarily. And then whatever you can give the team after that is an added bonus. So you can have the vet versus an undrafted rookie, an undrafted rookie who sh- should have probably been drafted, um, I, su- I should say. So the DBs in general in camp, loaded position group, going to be really fun uh, to watch how that all unfolds. Saints Twitter is in shambles over something positive for once. Yeah, no, look, I don't think Saints Twitter knows how to react right now because you go to Thursday night, everyone wanted Chris Olave or Jameson Williams. Saints get Chris Olave. And then everyone's been begging for them to sign Tyra Matthew, and that finally happened. So, I think that Saints Twitter is kind of recalibrating as to how to react to when things are actually going their way. Um, but I, I think it's going to be it's going to be a nice offseason, man. I, I think overall, and I'll, go, I'll talk about this in just a little bit. There are think really a lot of things to like about this Saints roster, not just you know where they're heading, but like grand scheme of the NFC. I, I think they can make some noise. I'll explain why in a little bit. Do you think Taysom would be willing to part with number seven? I don't know, man. I know number seven is actually pretty close to, to Taysom's heart, but I would guess everyone's got a price in terms of what you'd be willing to give up for that jersey number, and uh, I wouldn't rule it out. And I also will say now that Taysom Hill's going to tight end, like can he work in a different number that might look pretty badass at that position Whether and be able to give Tyron Matthew seven back? We'll see. Um, but I don't know, man. Time will tell. I, I, I will throw this in there, though. I might be in the minority here, but I think 32 still looks pretty badass in Tyron Matthew. Like, obviously, if he gets seven, makes it all the more cool. Um, and, and, you know, it also adds to the, I would say, the hype around it. I'm sure Saints fans would love to wear a number seven Tyron Matthew jersey. But even if it was 32, like, I thought Kenny Vaccaro looked cool in 32. I'd imagine Tyron Matthew looks 10 times cooler in 32. So even if he wears that number, I'm personally not going to mind. Top three defense for sure. I mean, on paper, I, I do think it is one of the best units um, for sure. And I think that, you know, what you guys are talking about with Dennis Allen scheming, you know, like crazy, this is the opportunity interchangeable DBs. I can move them all over the field. I could disguise coverages. He could get really, really unique with his coverages now because you have guys like PJ Williams, Marcus May and Tyron Matthew who can play so many different spots, even CJ Garner Johnson, he can play multiple spots. And when you have those type of DBs, that's where you really, really, really see Dennis Allen at his best. That's where you see him confusing a guy like Tom Brady who rarely gets confused. And when he does, it seems to be happening against the Saints. So I think that this is just the the type of signing that you can't help but get hyped about. And it's reasons like this. Like, I really can't wait to see what Dennis Allen comes up with. Uh, and same goes for Chris Richard, right? You're a DB coach. 
now you're also a co-defensive coordinator. They gave you so many tools to work with. Make it happen. Make it work. I think he will. Resign Quan Alexander. Yeah, look, I, I guess that would be the next thing that could end up happening. My gut feeling is he ends up on the Jets. I just think the Jets have a need at linebacker a little bit more than the Saints. And also, the Jets are a young team that probably needs a leader to step in there. And there is the connection. He's played under Robert Sala before. Robert Sala, now the Jets head coach. He was his defensive coordinator on the 49ers. I think that makes a lot of sense. I would like to see Quan back on the Saints. It would only add to the depth of this team, and it makes you feel even better about that linebacker room. God forbid Pete Werner, Demario Davis has to miss a little bit of time. But as of now, I think that the edge would probably be Jets. But we'll see. Anything could change over the course of free agency. And, and I think with, with now that the draft is over, you're going to see players being a little bit more, I would say, active now in terms of you know what your market is. It's probably not going to change. You know which teams need you. And you decide from there. Any free agent running backs you think will give a shot? I, you know, I'm going to probably lean towards no. The reason I say that is I think the Saints got themselves a hell of a free agent running back in Abram Smith. Uh, Abram Smith, the running back out of Baylor, I thought he should have been drafted, ends up going undrafted. Saints sign him as, an, as a priority free agent, and they give him a pretty, pretty good guaranteed. I think it was over $200,000 guaranteed, which is really strong for an undrafted free agent, which tells me that if all goes well and, and Abram Smith can fit in the Saints' vision, he will make the roster. So I think that is the running back signing that the Saints end up giving a shot. And I'll throw this in there about Abram Smith. If it does work out, that's the type of signing you love because he is young. He's just a rookie. There's, there's a lot of room to grow there. He's a former linebacker turned back into a running back, and he exploded for 1,600 rushing yards last year at Baylor. And uh, he's the type of player that he's not a three-down back yet, but he is fast to match his physicality. The Saints love that type of runner. I think he'd be really good in their zone scheme. And I, and I think that that Abram Smith, as long as he stays healthy, every year there's an undrafted free agent that makes the Saints roster, Some of the, sometimes two, sometimes three. He's the guy that has to be the early front runner to be the one that does it. Dennis Allen has a squad on offense and defense. Don't mess it up. Yeah, look, I mean, if you're Dennis Allen, you can't ask. The only thing you can ask better was had the Saints land, I don't know, like a star quarterback. But they didn't, and that's fine because Jameis Winston comes back and you're adding talent around him, and that's equally okay in terms of building this roster. So if you're Dennis Allen, you have to be happy because the quarterback situation, let's be honest, if Jameis Winston doesn't get hurt last year, the Saints probably make the playoffs. And now you add Chris Olave to the mix, you add a healthy Michael Thomas, hopefully. Now you add some playmakers to the defensive side of the football with Marcus May and, and Tyron Matthew and Alante Taylor. You're hoping that could change it up. So he, the pieces are there, and now it's about putting it all together. And I'm really curious to see what happens. Jarvis Landry's asking for way too much. That were, that could be it, guys. Look, I, I think with, with a player like that, he still wants to be compensated well, and that's going to be part of the battle, right? Because if he wanted to just sign with a team today, he would have done it because he already has a lot of suitors interested in him because at the end of the day, he's still Jarvis freaking Landry. So I, I think it's part money, part fit. I think the fit would be excellent if he comes to the Saints because they do have a need for one more receiver. I think he would take over a lot of the middle of the field with Michael Thomas, which would open the perimeter for Chris Olave. But I, I don't know if it will happen. But look, if the Saints even go with like an Emmanuel Sanders, I would be pretty damn ha you know happy about that. Smoke Monday needs to make the roster just off his name. Yeah, look, I mean, look, that is a top five name. I, I thought it was the best name in the draft. So for the Saints to add him just for that sake would be pretty cool. I also think, you know, if he makes the roster – just having a jersey with the back on uh, back of it saying Monday, like it's pretty interesting to me. But the smoke part's obviously great, and he does want the smoke because, like you guys just mentioned, 
he gets he gets signed by the Saints. About an hour later, he's driving by Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, and he's he's talking shit to the Falcons. So he's uh he's definitely ready to to join that secondary. Absolutely ready. And obviously, you guys are too. You guys seem pretty damn excited. Um, so and I can't blame you. Tommy thinking about retiring again. I don't know about that one, but I will say about the Tom Brady thing. Tom Brady has beefed with two two DBs super super hard over the last three years, and those two DBs are a Tyra Matthew and B. CJ Garner Johnson. They're both on the same team now. That's going to be exciting football. As if, as if Buck Saints games weren't exciting enough, they really, really are. Um, this is going to you know take it to another level. Thoughts on Jarvis Landry signing? I, I talked about it before. I would do it for the right number. I just don't know if they'll be able to get to that number because there will be other suitors, um, you know, pursuing him. And and good to know that I'm not alone on Abram Smith. I think he is an intriguing option uh, at running back, and we'll see what happens there. Thoughts on if Justin Evans can make the team? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think Justin Evans, it's it's interesting, right? So he's been out of football the last couple of years. What does he look like coming back? If he looks anywhere close to Justin Evans of Tampa, I think that's the type of guy you maybe keep on your roster towards the bottom of it because there's room to grow. There's potential there relative to Daniel Sorensen, who you probably think has reached ceiling. I'd imagine he probably should have. So I think that's what where I'm at with Justin Evans. You bring him in. There's no risk. The reward could be high. That's the type of signing I like. And for him, worst case, he's just a camp body. And that's okay because the Saints need more of those to continue to kind of spark that that competitive nature that they're going to have in their secondary. But, you know, right now I think it's too early. We haven't seen Justin Evans play in a long time. But I, I, I like the vision there of bringing in a guy with potential. And worst comes to worst, he doesn't make the roster. Best case, he makes the roster and all of a sudden you untap that potential. Justin Ross, do you think he gets a chance to sign with the Saints? I would love that. I, I'll say this about Justin Ross real quick, and then I'll finally get to my, my talk about the Saints roster. Justin Ross, for me, is why I don't mind NIL deals and why I think these college athletes, if you can get the deal, go get the deal. Because Justin Ross, in my opinion, was the best wide receiver on a Clemson roster that featured T. Higgins and Amari Rodgers. And both players have been drafted. T. Higgins, obviously, is already a star wide out in this league. And I thought Justin Ross at the collegiate level when he was healthy was better than him. And he gets hurt, and he doesn't even get drafted. And now not only has he not even been drafted, the kid is struggling to find a place to sign. Like, he's still unsigned right now. And that kind of just breaks my heart because this is a player who, when healthy, you know can play in the NFL. And you look at the injuries, you look at the trajectory of what's happened with his career. Three years ago, you'd watch this kid play, and you're like, he's going to be a first-round pick. And now you fast-forward to the present day, and he doesn't even get drafted. And it's strictly because of injuries. And that really does, you know, you feel for the kids. So if the Saints bring him in, I would be happy about that. I think that is the type of thing where there is no, there's literally no risk to bringing in Justin Ross. And the best case scenario is that the, the Saints bring in a guy with so much potential that maybe he makes the roster. So I, I think it's going to be interesting um, to see how it unfolds for him. I don't, I personally don't mind or slash have any care as to where he gets signed. I just want the kid to get signed because I, I think the potential's there for him. What about Tariq Cohen in a Darren Sproles role? I don't know about that, man. Like, I think he's, he's banged up. I take him, though, if you want to just take a flyer on someone. But he's been out of the league for, like, two years because of his ACL injury, and that makes me think he, A, had bad surgery, or, B, something went wrong um, in rehab. So that, that's, that's where my concern is. Do you think Olave can win Rookie of the Year? I do. I absolutely do. I think Chris Olave is talented enough to win Rookie of the Year. And you have to also remember, 
this isn't a strong quarterback class, which that only helps his case, right? When we look at rookie of the year, 99% of the time, it's it's a quarterback that wins it. You need a guy like a Jamar Chase to go nuclear like he did last year where it's no debate as to who's the offensive rookie of the year. Or Alvin Kamara, 2017, he went off. You knew that he was going to be the rookie of the year. Chris Olave, that, that's one advantage. There really isn't a quarterback that right now stands out. Like, yes, Kenny Pickett got drafted, but Kenny Pickett, is he going to be the starter week one? If not, that helps his case. And look, Jameson Williams, if he's healthy, he'll be in the mix. I'd imagine Garrett Wilson will be in the mix. Drake London should be in the mix. Christian Watson with Green Bay, because he has Rodgers thrown to him, he should be in the mix. But yeah, there's, there's no reason why Olave can't potentially win rookie of the year. So I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, that's a possibility. When is rookie minicamp? So I got to make sure I have my dates right. It's either May 13th to 15th or May 14th to 16th. Um, I got to get that right for sure, but it's somewhere between then. So it is coming up. We will get a little early look at the rookie class, which is awesome. Uh, And we'll kind of see what goes from there. So I'll pull up more questions if you guys have them. So if you guys have more, drop them in. Comments, thoughts, predictions, throw them in there. I'll pull them up. But before I do that, I want to quickly talk about the Saints roster because this Tyron Matthew signing is more than just shoring up the secondary. The Saints are going for it. And I don't know if the Saints will be able to reach their full potential. I'm sitting here on May 2nd talking about the roster, and so many things could change. Guys could get hurt. Other teams can make moves. Other teams could have players break out. The Saints could have players break out. So, you know, things can change. Obviously, the situation is fluid. But I look at the Saints roster today, and I actually think it is better than last year's roster. And the reason I think that, there's a there's – a, a, a multitude of reasons. The first one being health. We can't stress enough how banged up the Saints were last year. Ryan Ramchek missed time. Teron Armstead missed time. Eric McCoy missed time. Andrews Pete missed time. The defense was mostly healthy, but Davenport was hearing out of the lineup. To know Passanio was hearing out of the lineup. You know, uh, Quan Alexander was hearing was in and out of the lineup. So they were banged up mostly all over the field. Little Luck didn't play a single game. Now, just from a clean slate of being healthy, that is one reason why I feel pretty good about the Saints roster. Michael Thomas is supposed to be back if he plays. That's a huge boost to this team. Even if he's not all pro Michael Thomas, if he's just good, that helps out this receiving group a ton. And that would also change the trajectory of this team because they'd have a star receiver they can rely on. So that helps for starters. For a second, you know, I I think getting back Andrews Pete from from injury, getting back Ryan Ramchick from injury, and look, did they lose Toronto Armstead? Yes. I, I think the Armstead loss is going to hurt. Don't get me wrong. But Armstead also misses a lot of time on the field. So I think his loss off the field might be just as big, if not bigger, than the, the on-the-field part because the Saints last year had experience with the with the not having him on the field part. And I thought James Hurst filled in admirably. So now you have options. You can go with James Hurst. You can maybe try Trevor Penning if he's ready to go. The Saints give themselves options. And you have to like that. So I think they've done a good job of minimizing the damage there. As for the defense, they do lose Marcus Williams. So that does sting. They do lose Malcolm Jenkins. That also stings. And what do you get in return? You bring in Marcus May and you bring in Tyra Matthew. Here's what I'll say about this. The Saints secondary, I think they will be more susceptible to deep passes down the field now because they don't have Marcus Williams. On the flip side, I think they're going to be a little bit more physical. I think they're going to be a little bit uh, more technically sound in terms of tackling, in terms of stopping the run. I think they'll get better. You can't, you know, overstate how much they'll miss Marcus Williams' just range because he could be that single high safety, 
and you won't miss a beat because he really does avoid the, the big play from happening. But I do think that I have to give the Saints credit in the fact that if Marcus Williams was the best safety in the free agency market, and, and most people believe that, and so do I, and that's why he got the contract he got, the next two safeties, in my opinion, were Tyron Matthew and Marcus May. The Saints signed both of them. That is pretty good. That, that, that is the, the way that you minimize the loss of Marcus Williams by bringing in two impact safeties to potentially replace him. And again, they're interchangeable, right? I know the Saints view Marcus May as a strong safety probably. He's also played free safety before. Tyron Matthews started off his career playing free safety, moved into strong safety as he got older. He can play multiple roles. And again, he's still only 29. He has a lot of good football left in him. I like that part about the defense. How about the defensive line? They added Contavious Street. I think he's going to be a good playmaker for them at defensive tackle. Peyton Turner, he missed pretty much his whole rookie year. This kid could come out if he trains right, he stays healthy, and be a playmaker for them. Remember his first game as a, as a rookie for the Saints? I thought he played pretty well. You know, he had maybe a couple penalties here and there, but he had a big tackle for a loss. He had a sack. So he's the type of player that if you can add him in there, you can move him at defensive end, you can kick him inside because the guy is pretty much built like a power forward for the Pelicans. You can get good usage out of him. He's back. Your kicking game got awful last year. Now Will Lutz is back. That should help. And I can make an argument that the Saints kicking game cost them last year. Two games in particular, the Giants game, Algic Rosas couldn't kick for shit. And then the second one, the Titans game, Brian Johnson missed two extra points. The Saints have to end up going for two late in the game. They don't get it. They lose the game. So the kicking situation should be better in that part. Special teams should be better for a, a variety of reasons. The three players that the Saints drafted in the back end of their draft, if they don't see the field on defense in week one or at any point in the regular season, I think they are going to have them play on special teams. Alante Taylor can clearly play on special teams. DeMarco Jackson, he, he's been open to saying he can play on special teams. And then Jordan Jackson, you stick a 6'5 defensive tackle on the line when a team's trying to kick a field goal, he'll get his hand up there. He could block it. That should fix their special team. So I think the Saints have gotten better in that variety. Smoke Monday, you guys brought him up. He can be a good gunner for this team. So I think the Saints got better there. I think that the Saints have improved their receiving core just by adding Chris Olave. Just by adding Chris Olave, the Saints have gotten better on the wide receiver depth chart because guess what? Chris Olave slides into wide receiver two, and all of a sudden, Marquez Callaway, who was wide receiver one last year for a good amount of the season, which should never happen, he's probably wide receiver three or wide receiver four, depending on who you have him ranked with Traquan Smith. Deontay Hardy, who was wide receiver two for a while, now he's wide receiver four or wide receiver five. Like, that is so much better because these players who shouldn't have to see number one corners and bracket coverage, they were seeing it because the Saints didn't have any weapons. They didn't have any weapons at all. So the Saints were pretty much going out there with Callaway and Deontay being their top receivers. And sadly, they were actually winning games. They were 5-2 and two to start the season. 5-2. and two. Now throw in Michael Thomas in the mix. And now throw in Chris Olave in the mix. That should help. And then the sneaky wild card that not everyone loves, Taysom Hill is going to play tight end. If Taysom Hill even gives them some impact at tight end, it will make the group immediately better than what they were last year. Because last year's tight end group was a who's who of who's going to drop the ball. Adam Troutman, are you going to drop it? Nick Vanette, are you going to drop it? Juwan Johnson, for some reason, started off the season hot, and then we never saw him again. So that tight end group, they need help. Could Taysom Hill give them a lift? Possibly. So I think the Saints have gotten better at a lot of positions they needed to get better at on paper. And 
I look around the NFC, I think Green Bay got worse. I think the Cardinals got worse. I think the Cowboys got worse. Those are three teams that obviously made the playoffs last year. The Bucs, have the Bucs gotten better? I'm not so sure. Like Tom Brady comes back, yes, but they lost both their starting offensive guards. That is an area that you know Dennis Allen's going to want to attack. I look at the rest of the Saints division. We look at Atlanta. We know nothing's happening there. They're in rebuild mode. We look at Carolina. They're in rebuild mode. No matter what Matt Rule wants to try and sell you, they're rebuilding. So the Saints play in a division where off the bat, two teams are already in rebuild mode. That should help them out. So I look at that factor. I look at the NFC. Other teams around the league that maybe last year you thought of them as a, as a competitor, they're not anymore, right? Like a, to a team like Seattle, the minute you trade Russell Wilson, you're out of the picture. So I look at the Saints roster, and it is only May 2nd, and it's so early. But I think that you can't look at them and not say, all right, they could compete for a playoff spot. Because where were they last year with no Michael Thomas, with Teron Armstead missing games, with Ryan Ramchick missing games, with Andrews Pete being out for the year, with Will Lutz being out for the year, with Peyton Turner missing most of the season. They were 5-2 and two pre-injury to James Winston. And on top of that, forget about the injury part to James Winston, which was a huge thing because if he doesn't go down, this team would be in better shape. This team, if it wasn't for a Rams 17-0 collapse in the final week of the season, with Trevor Simeon starting at quarterback, with basically practice squad guys all over the field, almost made the playoffs. And they would have had they not blown that lead. So I look at the Saints team. I think the roster has actually gotten better in terms of depth. I think that they've done a good job of addressing their main needs this offseason. Wide receiver being one. Defensive line, they've improved that unit. I thought it was their best unit. They added Contavious Street. They added Jordan Jackson. We'll see if they get a little even better there. That, that, I don't think they need more depth, but you never know. Maybe they can. I just look at this roster, and yes, Dennis Allen has to prove to us that he can go from defense coordinator to head coach, and that jump can work. But I like the pieces there. I really do. I, I think that this team, the pieces are in place for them to be a playoff caliber team uh, this upcoming season. And, and again, it's only May. Things can change. But I do do really like this, the way this team is set up. And I, I think right now, the NFC is for the taking. And if, if the Saints feel like they can play complimentary football and go, you know, defense heavy with an offense that is going to play time control and, and move the ball. And they should be able to move the ball much better with Michael Thomas and Olave. I like that formula. So we're about 30 minutes in. I'll probably keep you guys for another two, three minutes. If you have comments, questions, predictions, throw them in here. I'll pull them up on the screen uh, so people can kind of see what you think about this Saints team. And we'll go from there. So if you have any comments, guys, and you guys are tuning in, you want to talk about Tyron Matthew, you want to talk about the draft, you want to talk about the NFC, um, you want to talk about moves that you think the Saints should still make, throw them up here. I'll put it on the screen. And we'll go from there. But again, as always, I do appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. And I see someone asking, what's the Olave comparison to an NFL wide receiver to you? Um, I think that's tough because I think he, I think he's a mix of two wide receivers to me. I think he's A, a mix of Amari Cooper in the sense that he's just such an effortless route runner. I think Amari Cooper's a little bit more violent with how he runs his routes, although it's the same effect in terms of it's just great route running. And I think that's what he reminds me of. But on the flip side, when I see him run those post routes, he also gives me a little bit of a Terry McLaurin vibe. Now, I don't know if we'll ever be as good as either receiver, but the fact that he has traits of those two type of uh, pieces, I, I think that is, that is intriguing to me. He's just an effortless route runner who has the complete tree and glides down the field. And 
yeah, it might look like gliding to you, but it's it's four four speed. It might even be better than four four speed. So I think for for the Saints, they got themselves a hell of a player in Chris Olave, um, and that's why you see a guy like Mickey Loomis talk about how much they were were hyped up about that pick and and why they feel like he'll be a big addition to them because he should be because he's a t- day one. All of a sudden, you're going to see him make an impact. So uh, I'm I'm cool with that with with any of those type of comparisons. I think it's always tough to say some player will be exactly like the other, but he has those two tendencies, McLaurin and Cooper. Um, and I do think those are interesting to me as to what he can be. Uh, let's see what else we got going on here. Is Quan still a piece we should keep or even can keep now? They definitely can keep him. Price is not a concern because I don't think Quan Alexander was ever going to break the bank, unfortunately, because Quan Alexander, as much as I love him, I think that he unfortunately the injuries will always be part of the talk. And he was able to stay healthy for a good stretch of last year, but the injuries will always be a a reason that teams are hesitant to just throw big money. So any contract he does sign will probably be heavy on incentives, and we'll see kind of what what goes from there. But I think the Saints can still use him. You can never have enough options on your defense. You can never have enough because every NFL team is doing their best to stack their offense. You're going to need something to kind of push against it. Uh, I would be for the Saints bringing back Quan Alexander. I just don't know if they will. But but again, we'll see what happens. Bucks got worse. They lost JPP and Adamic and Sue. Look, I, I think that for me, the Bucks did get worse in terms of what they were last year because now you have a bunch of people getting older. Um, but as far as JPP and Adamic and Sue, they could still bring at least one of those back. So that wouldn't be my reason for why they got worse. My reason would be they lost Alex Kappa and Ali Marpet retired. And when you don't have your guards and Tom Brady's under fire from the interior of the offensive line, that's where you're going to beat him. Like, think about where the Saints have had success against Tampa Bay. There's two reasons. A, they can go almost with six, seven DBs out there and just confuse the hell out of them, which is one. And then two, when the Saints are dominating the interior, whether it's David Onyemata or Cam Jordan on a stunt, when they get through the, the inside of that offensive line, that is where they do damage. That is absolutely where they do damage. So I think for the Saints... I, I think that 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 is where if you're looking at the Bucs, you're saying, hey, where's the weakness? Offensive guard. So now what becomes our weakest position, tight end? Um, yeah, I, I, look, I think there's three positions that still need a little work. I still think tight end needs work. I still think wide receiver needs work. But if Olave and Michael Thomas stay healthy, you're not going to even see it. Like, you're not even going to worry. Like, that that's how confident I am in those two. But it does need work. And then running back. I think running back is still an uncertain because if Kamara does miss time, man, all of a sudden, your running back room is thin. So I say running back and tight end, but running back changes if Abram Smith can be the player I think he can be. And for tight end, even if Taysom Hill gives him a lift, you need Adam Troutman to step up or you need Jawan Johnson to step up or both. That would be ideal if both of them step up. So I would say tight end right now, yeah, I agree. It is the weaker part of this Saints team because there's no proven commodity. Like, think about it. Adam Troutman, I loved the pick out of Dayton. He's entering year three now. He's got to step up at some point. We, we can't keep saying this is the year, and then all of a sudden, it doesn't happen. So uh, I think for me, that, that's, where, that's where my concern would be. Think a free agent running back makes the team after cuts. Example, Mike Davis is now a free agent. Um, Look, it's, it's possible. You know, if you look at the free agent market right now for running backs, it's Tariq Cohen, it's Jalen Richard, it's, it's Philip Lindsay, Devontae Booker, Mike Davis, players of that sort. Um, if I had to pick one, I think I like Devontae Booker uh, pretty well because he does a little bit of everything. 
He can catch out of the backfield. He's a decent runner between the tackles. That, that's someone that I do like a lot in terms of just the depth signing. But, but that happens if Abram Smith isn't who the Saints think he can be. And if Mark Ingram takes a step back. And if Tony Jones Jr. doesn't get better. So I, I, to your point, that's a good example. After cuts, can one make the team? Um, I, I think that's a great question to ask. But I, I do think that if they are going to get one, Devontae Booker is someone I'm looking at. Mike Davis isn't a bad option. Um, but I, I think other teams might be more interested in Mike Davis, where I don't know if the market for Devontae Booker will be as big. But those are two options. Yeah, so I, I, I do think it's always possible. Think we could sign Julio? I'm going to say, look, they could obviously sign him. I'm going to say that I, w- I would say it doesn't happen more than it does if I had to give a lean on it. I do think that there are teams out there that can still probably use Julio Jones and maybe use him as a wide receiver too because there are teams out there that might need one. And I look at the Saints, and I would love to see Julio Jones in the black and gold because A, I still think he could play if he's healthy, and B, that would aggravate the hell out of Falcons fans. But I just don't know if the the actual interest is there between the two sides. I, I think that maybe a Landry or an Emmanuel Sanders who's been here before, I think maybe that makes a little bit more sense. But I, I would like to see Julio in the black and gold. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think that it's going to happen. Buck's got Shaq Mason, though. He's a very, very good guard. Look, Shaq Mason is a good guard. Don't get me wrong. I just do think that is a downgrade from an Ali Marpet. And I do think that it's also hypothetically downgrade from Alex Kappa. It's a good replacement. So you are right about that. It's not like they lost their guards and no one's filling in. No one's home. But I do think Shaq Mason at this stage in his career I do think that he isn't as good as Ali Marpet, and his retirement was huge. Uh, and whether or not he's as good as Alex Kappa, we'll, we'll kind of see. Roby hasn't been talked about much. think he still plays a big role. I don't know if he plays a big role, but the Saints brought, they brought back Bradley Roby for a reason. And I do think in limited time last year, Bradley Roby played well. I think of the, the Thanksgiving game against the Bills. Obviously, the Saints got blown out. But in that first half, Bradley Roby was one of the best players on the football field. And... Remember, the Saints traded a third-round pick for Bradley Roby. He has the talent. Bradley Roby simply did not play because Paulson Adebo did not give him a chance to get that job. Every time Paulson Adebo even had a chance to slip up, he got back on his feet, and he made a big-time play. And when you get that from a rookie, how can you take him off the field? You just can't. So I do think that Bradley Roby will have a chance to play a role this season. Whether or not it's a big role, that's yet to be seen because, A, injuries could play a factor, and, B, we got to see how Paulson Debo plays. We got to see how Alante Taylor plays. The secondary is loaded, man. This secondary is loaded with options. Uh, and the good thing about that is the competition is going to be awesome. And then the second one, in the unfortunate event someone has to miss time due to injuries, you feel like the Saints have this, the depth to kind of go from there um, and, and be able to overcome it. Where do you say the Saints DB depth chart is at? Obviously, CJ Lattimore, one and two, but it's a deep room now with Roby. If I had a guess... You're starting secondary as today. Lattimore on, on one side, Adebo on the other, CJ Garner-Johnson in the slot, and then you're probably having Marcus May and Tyron Matthew playing safety with P.J. Williams getting a nice, strong look at free safety. Like, you're using P.J. Williams an awful lot. And the crazy thing is, if all of them stay healthy, and I mentioned them now, you have Elante Taylor and you have uh, Bradley Roby just sitting ready for their moment to play. And you might also have one of Daniel Sorensen or Smoke Monday. That's a, that's a loaded group. And even JT Gray. JT Gray could get better and maybe see the field. So 
this Saints secondary, you guys talk about it, no fly zone, really, really deep. And that's what you want. It's absolutely what you want. Do you want Jarvis Landry? Personally, I don't. I want Jarvis Landry if the price is right. I don't think the Saints need to go out and splurge on Jarvis Landry. I think you go out and splurge on Tyra Matthew because Tyra Matthew is still one of the better safeties in football. You need, you need a starting safety opposite of Marcus May. And I think Tyra Matthew is also going to give you a really, really, really good option in terms of being a leader in the locker room. And I'm not saying Jarvis Landry can't be a leader. I've spoken to Jarvis Landry before. I, I spoke to him towards the end of this past season. I, lo- I really, really like Jarvis Landry. I just don't know if the Saints are willing to spend a lot on Jarvis. So for that reason, I don't think it's going to happen. But would I take him on the Saints? Absolutely, because he could still play. And he wouldn't have to be wide receiver one and wouldn't probably have to even be wide receiver two. But for, for that particular reason, I don't think he comes to the Saints because I think you look at the, the Browns. The Browns want him back. They can sell him on, you'll be wide receiver two opposite of Amari Cooper, and we got Deshaun Watson as quarterback, and then we got young guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones behind us to groom. So I think that might be, be a little bit more appealing uh, to him. But again, would I take him? Absolutely, because the Saints can always use talent. And, and, and you could never have enough wide receivers in this league because A, guys are going down, and B, teams are loading up at that position. Why not do the same for yourself? But anyway, guys, it's been a fun 40-plus minutes talking about the Saints, talking about the Tyron Matthew signing, talking about what this roster can be now that Tyron Matthew's in here. And if you missed that part, spoiler alert, I think the Saints got a whole lot better today with Tyron Matthew on their roster. So we don't have the, the final details yet of what this contract will be that will come out. Uh, but, but again, this is the type of move that you make if you think you can go forward. And the Saints are probably looking at the NFC and saying, we got the defense. Can we play complimentary football? I think that it's it's definitely possible for the Saints. Now, before I wrap up, I see some more comments, so I'll get these out of here, and then and then we'll we'll kind of bounce, and you guys can enjoy your Monday. Uh, how did Smoke Monday go undrafted from Auburn? Look, I think that part of it is you you get to these later rounds, and I, I think that a guy like Smoke Monday, he, don't get me wrong, he had a nice career at Auburn. There might be teams that just don't see him necessarily as a great fit for them, or maybe don't think his upside is, is as good. And you want to take a guy with higher upside in the later rounds, just in case he does hit and you can develop him. So I, I think that that could be part of it, but don't get me wrong. Smoke Monday should have been drafted. A lot of people had a round six grade on him. So to get him undrafted, that's not bad. What was your dream draft of first round picks and second round picks for the saints? My dream draft started with Chris Olave or Jameson Williams. So off the bat, I was happy. And then I was under the belief that it was A, going to be Trevor Penning, or B, you were going to, you know, and I didn't think it was going to happen. Charles Cross was going to fall. Uh, but I didn't think Charles Cross was going to fall. That would have been the the amazing scenario if the Saints walked out with Olave and Cross or Cross and Olave, whichever way it fell. But I, I do think that what they got in the first two rounds, uh, first round, excuse me, really great value in Olave and Penning. Second round, I actually thought the Saints should have gone with, with and again, I, the Saints know more than me, so I don't, take it as if they'd made a mistake but I think that the Saints had Trey McBride out of Colorado State right there for the taking he was tight end one for me I thought they should have taken him they didn't that's okay um James Cook out of Georgia running back I thought he was an intriguing option I thought N'Kobe Dean out of Georgia was an intriguing option but again N'Kobe Dean fell to the third round so I'm not gonna blame the Saints there clearly teams were not comfortable with his medical uh I just thought there were other options on the board but I don't blame them for going Alante Taylor you just have to make sure this pick works out because 49 is a premium pick. You don't want that to go to waste. 
Eagles fans are quiet on Twitter today. They thought they were getting honey badger. I noticed that, man. I noticed that. I saw a lot of, I see a lot of Eagles fans. Uh, they're not happy on Twitter today, which you know what? If you're an Eagles fan, you just got AJ Brown in a trade. Like, what are you complaining about? Like, come on, man. You want AJ Brown and Tyron Matthew? Well, save some for the rest of us. And uh, I see you guys saying thank you to me. No, thank you to you guys, man. It, it would not be nearly as fun without you guys coming in and dropping your comments. So I really do appreciate that. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I'll have more content later this week, um, kind of evaluating the draft picks. I'm going to look more into the undrafted pool and see what the Saints might have gotten, some diamonds in the rough perhaps. That's always possible. So I'll go into that more in depth. Um, I'll talk about the picks that they got, maybe the later rounds uh, a little bit more. If not, you can check out the videos we have on Bucru Media's YouTube page. I have some breakdowns real quick of the later round picks with DeMarco Jackson, Jordan Jackson, Alante Taylor. Uh, so you can check those out if you guys want. But that's going to wrap it up, man. Great start to the Monday for Saints fans. We got Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, coming back home to New Orleans. I cannot wait to see how he plays in that secondary. I also can't wait to see the details of that contract when they come out. I'll obviously talk about that too. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for leaving your comments. I really appreciate you guys. So have, I hope you guys have a great Monday. Excellent week for you guys coming up. Um, and, and let's just hope this, this positive wave of momentum continues for the New Orleans Saints. And if it does, I'll be here to cover it on the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Houdat Nation. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.